Welcome back to another episode of Remember Country Music. As always, I'm your host, Kyle Corbison. Today, for this episode, we have Jordan Fletcher. Jordan, thanks for sitting down with me today. I really appreciate it. I'm a huge fan. Your music's awesome. You're great. So thank you for uh, sitting here and uh, talking with me today. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me, dude. How are you doing with all this? That, 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 that's the first thing I want, I want to get. Is, how, is with all this as a songwriter, how's everything going? You're stuck. You can't really do much. I mean, it's kind of hard to, you know, congregate with people. You can do a little bit, but you know, how's it going as a songwriter? Man, um, well, the Zoom thing has definitely kind of saved us a lot because yeah. we can still write. And in a lot of ways, I'm writing more than I was. Because you can just kind of go, I mean, I'll, I'll pack two writes in a day, three writes sometimes. And all you got to do is just switch over to the next link and you're writing with the next group of people, you know? Yeah. So it's been, it's been pretty good, man. Um, I've got a couple cuts actually since the the uh, quarantine started, which is you know funny. God's timing is because it's like when I'm you know when we're doing the thing in town and we're doing the thing all the time, and you think you're I mean you're obviously we've always been busy and working hard, but it's when you feel like you can do the least that of course something happens. Yeah. So I mean that was a blessing for sure, and so it's just been it's been. Uh, unique but it's it's required a lot of people to kind of accommodate that kind of challenge because it definitely is a challenge but dude it's 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 good because we're still creating and we've got a lot to say right now so yeah it, it makes it easier to want to say something so this is something that uh you know I, I actually just started thinking about so I, I um I don't know if you know Jordan Rager but I um yeah. I, I literally just talked to him like two hours ago so um yeah Jordan's awesome yeah, he's dope. So I was, I, I asked him this question. I'm going to ask you this question too, because I, I think it's a, an interesting point. Do you think that now that we're all, you know, kind of in this standstill uh, in terms of, you know, whatever we're doing, like, let's say it's me doing this or, you know, you being a musician, you being a songwriter, having to like meet with people. Do you think that m more people want to put out music like right away kind of thing? Because music, as we all have seen through this, music helps. Music heals. Music is, is a big part of people's lives. So do you think people are more enticed to just like go ahead and put a song out um, just because why not? Because they're not playing shows right now. So do you think that that's a, that's a big thing at the moment? Absolutely, man. I think it's the, the only thing you can do because, man, it's like for most, for a lot of artists, some of the, the main source of their income uh, is touring. Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of restructure your whole business to where your revenue starts getting generated through streaming and stuff like that. But then at the same time, you release around a touring schedule. And so you do everything around touring. So when that's gone, there's no reason to put yourself in a constraint, no reason to put yourself in boxes. As, as it is, I just think, I, and I, I'm kind of preaching to the choir too, because I'm kind of rescheduling my whole release thing too, to where it's just like, we're just going to start freaking rapping fire and all these songs. Cause yeah. we've got so many, man, all these writers. And it's, I mean, and I'm speaking for myself, I know all these writers have got all these songs that are great and all these great demos and all these great songs that are tracked, that it's like you're almost doing yourself a disservice and people that like, like what you do, you're doing them a disservice by just holding on to them, you know? Yeah. I mean, as it is, if you want to get a cut, that is what, it, I mean, if you can, if you can get a, a major label cut, that's great. And they put it on the radio, that's great. That's literally what you work for and that would be, you know, but um, that's so hard to do. So it's like, it's almost better, in my opinion, to take the, the lion's share of these songs and just kind of 
put them out for everybody to consume, man, because all you're doing is giving people, you know, whatever that emotion is that you're doing, which is good, generally, at least for what I, I like to write, is generally a positive kind of thing. Yeah. I agree. I completely yeah. agree. I think, um, I think uh, like I said, you, you know, music's an important thing, and especially in this time, music's an incredibly important thing. And there's a lot of things that that you can be doing as the, as a songwriter. At this point, you know, people are looking at social media to see, you know, who's the next who's the next big thing. And you know, I feel like that can help you just as a whole, just technology as a whole, and can really get your name out there. Um, Absolutely. I literally had this conversation earlier. I said that that there's something to be said about going out and touring and playing your music in in the area. But the 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 positive part about this whole um, social media era, and especially now, is like you can put a cover of a song or a you know an unreleased song on your Instagram, and it can reach you know thousands and thousands of people that may not have been able to get to your shows. You know what I mean? So, Absolutely, man. Well, that's the thing we're trying to figure out. It kind of made everybody just like realize like if you do this, you do this just because this is what you do. Yeah. Because it's like. I've I kind of learned this real quick when I got got to town and I kind of knew it, but then it, like when I got to town, it was for sure. It's like if you wanted to make money in a career, you should probably get an accounting degree. You know, that's not what this this thing's about. You know, so it kind of reminds you again because you get caught up in the hustle and bustle of trying to get that next song or that pitch or that cut or that single or that radio single you get in the mindset of that and it just kind of sometimes it's a way of like you remembering why you do what you do yeah. and I think some people like myself I was afraid like hey once whatever an incentive is gone are you gonna still write like are you gonna still have the same you know energy and stuff like that and it was like for me it was such a cool it was like a refreshing m moment when everything was gone and there was no reason to do it Yep. And I still couldn't wait to get up and write a song. You know what I mean? So it's kind of cool. It just reminds you to, that you create because that's what you do. Yeah. You know, that's what it's like. You, that's just how you express yourself. It's just like I go make coffee in the morning and I write songs every day. It's like they're, it's just it is what it is. And that, that shows how passionate you are about it and how much you love to do it. And that's. um Yeah. That's it required you to kind of. It requires everybody to kind of just make a checklist of where you're at mentally with that, you know? Yeah. I agree. Um, so I guess I, there's, there's something I, uh, you know, I want to hit on the new song. Um, so I know we were like a few minutes ago, we just brought up the fact that, you know, it's great to get that cut and it's great to, you know, have someone put your song on hold your new song, right? Me on great song was yeah. really excited when you, when you, when you were uh, announcing it. Cause I know that uh, you pushed it back a week, correct? It was supposed to come out a week we ahead of when it came pushed out pushed it back three weeks yeah we pushed it back three weeks it, it was just you know with the with all the social justice movements and civil rights and everything going on it just seemed like there were way more important things that kind of should be spoken of at the time and it's like who's i mean why would i even try and be like hey look at me when there's like people yeah. you know moving for civil rights so it's like it just seemed like a better idea to just yeah. hey we're just going to move it back and, and we'll figure that out later. Yeah. And, and obviously that that's a hundred percent understandable. I think, uh, I don't think anyone yeah, yeah. Would ever look at you and say, why would you do that? But um, it's, it's a great song and yeah. I, I really do love it. I think it's, you know, it's one of those songs and, you know, I've listened to you, obviously I've listened to your music in the past and, but this one for, for me, I was like, well, like this is, this is, this is something different than, than, some of the stuff that he's put out in the past and that's not a good thing or a bad that's not yeah. a bad thing at all yeah. but what would your uh, your your 
what was the reason like that you decided to keep this one for yourself? Like, what does that song mean to you? One, two, why do you decide to, to keep it for yourself and not give it out? Do you know what I'm saying? Well, the funny thing behind that story, the funny thing behind that song is that when we wrote it, I wrote it with Reed Isbell, who yep. he's a incredible writer in town. He writes for 50 Egg uh, Music. And it was our first ride together, and it was his first ride at 50 Egg. Okay. And so literally we wrote that song, and he sent it into his publisher, Jonathan Singleton. And Singleton literally goes, great. He's calling around all my folks. My folks hadn't even like, I hadn't even sent it in yet. And he's calling folks around. And so they're kind of, he's kind of like making a buzz with it. And I knew it was kind of special when we got done with it, just because I just loved, first of all, I love the hook. I love the lyrics. I love the way it feels to sing it. And, and the sound too was like that first time where I'd written something. Cause I mean, I'm relatively new in writing. I've only been doing this for, I've been here for four years and I've been, I've been signed as a publishing published writer for two. And so we got done with that one and it was like, I just knew as an artist, I was like, that is the first step I want to take in exactly what my brand is. Cause I put a lot of music out before I've put music out before I've recorded a lot of music and haven't put it out just because it's like, when you're starting up, you have to just make sure what you put out is what you love and, and you'll stay behind it as you mature as an artist and a, and a writer. And this was the first one where I was like, yo, this is it. This is the one we're doing. I bring in the JD, my plugger, he's my guy. And I go, dude, I'm going to cut this song. And he goes, I could pitch that song. And I was like, dude, don't pitch it. Please save it for me. I just know I got this gut feeling this is my thing. And he goes, well, what if Luke Bryan wants it? And I was like, I mean, if Luke Bryan wants it, and he, he can have it. And he was like, okay. But I was like, <laughs> so I get a call. Like, we, I get the demo done. I send the demo to JD. About 45 minutes later, I get a call from him. And he goes, hey, what, what's up, dude? And I was like, oh, nothing. I was literally fishing. He goes, did you see my ass? I was like, no. And he goes, you just got a Luke Bryan hold. <laughs> and I, I wasn't pissed. I wasn't pissed. But I was like, dude, I wanted that song for myself. And he literally goes, hey, did you hear what I said? I said, yeah, I heard what you said. I want that song. <laughs> obviously, I was with a Luke Bryan cut, right? But at the time, and JD always jokes, and he says, I'm the only person that would ever get mad at having a Luke Bryan cut. But or hold either way that was kind of the funny thing but the cool thing about that too and it was all a blessing because at the time even though I was like, man i thought that was my song whatever if he takes it that'd be great you know whatever but then because of that it opened so many doors yeah uh just for me as an artist and it like got me in these rooms with other other writers and, and these kind of these labels started having interest in it and it was just like such a big game changer and it's so weird how one little thing a song can literally just kind of completely push your your career into a trajectory that you had been waiting for yeah but you didn't know it was going to hit so yeah i think from the top we knew it was a special song but i, I don't think i knew really how how much it was going to do for me at the time you know that's crazy honestly that's crazy i i actually agree with them i think you are the only person who would get mad about a luke bryan <laughs> i wasn't mad but yeah he says that and that that is kind of funny when you say <laughs> that's so funny that's incredible but yeah that's incredible i think yeah. um i think you're right though because i think i think as as of anything you know i got told right um you know coming out of college you apply to 200 jobs right 
it only takes that one for something to take off. Or, you know, you, you start something, maybe like starting this. I don't, I don't know where this is going to go, but maybe starting this is like something that's going to jumpstart my career. Absolutely. You know? But it, it takes that yeah, one person, absolutely. that one thing that's going to, you know, take it off. And I, I agree with you on that one. I think that's, that's, that's a big thing for a lot of things. And I think it's definitely a big thing for the situation that you're in, because as you can see, I, I, I yeah, really, man song for you is the, is the one that 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 takes you places i think it deserves it i really do i think it's an incredible song i do thanks um, man yeah it's been it's had a lot of a lot of uh, attention which is cool man i've yeah. been enjoying it um i know that um you're you're pretty close i'd say with the uh, muscadine bloodline guys um yeah gary and charlie uh so how did that whole relationship start because i mean i love them i think a lot of people do but how did that whole relationship start um i was i moved to town as a drummer and okay. so I was drumming for Job Fortner uh -huh. and uh, I did that for about six months, quit drinking, met a buddy, uh, Sam Crabtree and Job too, introduced me to their manager who ended up being my manager at the time for a while, Matt Wallace. And they were actually living with him. And so we kind of, I, I was like, I want to transition to artistry. I want to kind of get involved with that more because I was just drumming and writing songs by myself or just with friends with my roommates and Ryan and stuff like that. And so I got involved with that and I basically was like, yo, Matt, I want to get on the road or I'd love to learn this stuff. And I asked them and I was like, yo, y'all need any help? And they were like, yeah, dude, do you know how to drive a sprinter and sell t-shirts and stuff? And I was like, I'd never done that, but I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> and uh, I, I, yeah, Gary and Charlie, they like let me get in. And I, uh, so for like a year and a half, I just drove the sprinter and uh, sold t-shirts and they let me open up for them, like almost exclusively. Which was super, super cool. Yes. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't just me, but it anywhere we went, even if there was like a house band that went on at like six a or six p.m. and Muscadon didn't start till like ten, they were like, "All right, you're gonna take the last fifteen of the house band." That's last so cool. Of the house band. Oh, dude, it was dope. And oh my we god, saw everything. Man. We went all over the U.S. and man, they just really uh, took me in and, and gave me a lot of opportunities that I, that I just at the time I knew and now looking back, I, I still just like can't believe that they, that I got to do that because it was such an invaluable experience because That's like, I didn't know how to, I didn't know any of it, man. I didn't know yeah. how to do any of it. I didn't know how to tour. I didn't know how to freaking set up a stage. I didn't know how to do, I was green as it gets, bro. Yeah. That's uh, so, honestly, the, that's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. Oh man. I know. Yeah. Because, it's, it because coming from guys like that, like, the, like, those are guys that, like, if you think of, like, okay, I mean, I, I feel like if you like country music, you like them. There's just no way you can't. Because they're, they're, they're doing things songwriting-wise, and, and even with, like, the quarantine work tapes. Like, the, like those are, like, amazing ideas that, like, that just doesn't happen everywhere. So, like, for mm -hmm. you to sit there and, like, be able to pick their brain and, like, kind of, like, you know, go under their wing and just, like, see how they do things, for you, you're in the perfect spot. And that's fantastic. Oh, hundred percent. I think that every day I just like my standard of like education, what they did. So it's like my standard as is, as far as performance, uh, whatever, student artistry and songwriting and stuff like that. It's heavily influenced by what they did. And that was the status quo. It was like, yeah. yo, if you're going to sing, sing good. And if you're going to play, play a great show. Yeah. If you're going to tour, tour a lot. You're going to put songs out, do that too. So it's just like, 
I, I got to learn from like two of the most talented vocalists. I mean, literally, if I think the most prolific and I don't know, highest string country duo, independent country duo by far. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know, man. It's just been it, it, to, to be able to learn from those guys has been huge. And just to have them as friends is great because it's hard to find, you know, good friends when you're when you're working all the time with everybody. I mean, that's that's honestly like incredible. And and I I I, I, I listened to you before I even realized that you guys were, were friends in any capacity. And I was and I was so interested to figure out how that all came to be. Cause I was just like, yeah, man, man, it's just so random. It's just like two, two different artists that I happen to listen to that maybe other people don't. And then they're, they're friendly with each other. And it was just so, it was so cool to be like, wow, that's, you know, I guess it is, you know, it's, it's you know, you find people, you know, and they really, know. so that's really cool. That is awesome. Um, so you, you started as a drummer. Like you said, so did you, when you moved to town, did you mm -hmm. really just want to be a drummer or did you move to town and be like, eventually I want to get into this? I, I think I, when I moved to town, I had like 10 songs that I'd written, mm -hmm. like maybe. Like I went, I remember the first time I played Revival, I, they're like, hey, you're playing three songs. And then they were like, okay, maybe we're playing four. And I was like, I don't have a fourth song. <laughs> like I didn't have, I didn't have anything when I got here. And so I, uh, I did some sessions, some some sessions for some buddies and stuff like that. Nothing like big time, but just like buddies that had you know time in the studio that needed some drums put down. Like that. Um, I knew I wanted to write songs. I don't know if I knew that I wanted to be an artist. Mm -hmm. I think that took a little bit more convincing, and uh, a lot of that time on the road uh, is to thank for kind of like developing a comfortability. Because otherwise, I mean, how do you get those reps in? You know, yeah. how do you play? a hundred shows in front of, you know, 500 to 1200 to 2000 fans that want you to do well. That was a big thing too, because it's like, I got to play for, for a crowd. There's a big difference. Cause you can play places where they're, where, where a crowd, you know, doesn't know about you or doesn't, you know, but like if you're playing for people who like Muscadon who have such a hard following that they're just so like, so diehard, if they're into you, if, if, if Muscadon's into you, the fans are going to be into you. Yeah. So it was just super gracious to be, like, the, the, the crowd was gracious, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it allowed me to screw up a bunch, you know what I mean? So it was like, yeah, it was something that I kind of kind of came into, but the more I got to know it and the more I got to see the inner workings, the more I fell in love, to, love with it, where I'm like, yeah, this is my thing, you know? This you know, is what I do. It's crazy to think about because – because your voice is obviously really good. Like it's, it's not like you have a mediocre Thanks, voice and you're a great songwriter. Like your voice is, is just as good as if not better as your song. Like, like it's just, it goes hand in hand. There. Thanks, so I don't, I don't ever, like I honestly would never, I, I, you know, I do like, I do my research before I do these things, but I, I would never have thought that you, that you came in town as a drummer and you just didn't really know if you wanted to get an artistry or if like you weren't sure. Cause like a lot of people that I talk to when I ask them, like, did you want to move to town to be a songwriter and then, you know, go into that? They usually say that's kind of what happens. And they always had that little kid dream of being an artist. And, you know, then it, whatever happens, happens. But the fact that you came in and you were like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be a drummer. And eventually maybe I'll be a songwriter. Maybe not. Like, that's like, that's that's ridiculous to think. Sure. About. That's that's really that's interesting to think about. It really is. And um, yeah, it's funny how that happens, man. Yeah. I, I would. I'll tell you this. Five years ago or six years ago, if you'd asked me where I would have been, 
in six years, I would have not said this. That's really? For sure. You don't think so? Yeah. No, I, I probably wouldn't even told you I lived in Nashville. That was a whole different thing. I dropped out of college. Like, I was in the middle of school. I was like, it is, it is weird that I ended up here. Wow. Say that for sure. That's, that's nobody. I remember, I remember I, I put out my first project and one of my best friends I grew up with on Facebook reposted it. And literally all the caption was, was didn't see that coming. That was it. <laughs> 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 my best friend growing up, he literally re reposted it. I was like, wow, didn't see that coming. You know, that's, that's funny. Cause it's like, you think your best friend's going to, well, actually I take that back. If I did that, my best friend would say the exact same crap. Hundred yeah, percent. It wasn't like a like a slight or anything. It no, was yeah. Like what? <laughs> you I, dropped I, out I, of school and did what? <laughs> <laughs> that, that'd be like yeah. if I dropped out of school to go play music, because I quite literally have zero lick of musical talent at all. Could you imagine if I dropped out of school? To go play? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what it was like. Listen, I sound like knew a, me as a like a yeah as a musician or anything. I played yeah. drums and I played drums for churches, but it was never like yeah, Jordan's gonna be a whatever, you know. <laughs> It was just like one day. <laughs> <laughs> one one day they woke up. You weren't there. You were in Nashville. You were writing songs. You were playing music. And it was a whole different you. Exactly what happened. Unbelievable. Yeah. That's so funny. I mean, yeah. so listen. So so you go on tour, right? You go on tour. You start you start playing different shows. And um, I'm really fascinated about this one thing that that this one way that you would um, get around. Okay. And I show this to my mom because I thought this was incredible. The, the attachment that you put oh, on the yeah. bed of your truck. Listen, if yeah. I was you, I'd do the exact same thing. That's amazing. Like, you just hop on in and that's it. Like, one, where was your, like, where did you even get that? Two, was it, like, was it comfortable? Like, was it a, was it a good way to go around? Like, how? Dude, the camper was the best thing that <laughs> I probably ever did. Like, for real. Um, and my original plan was, so I got off the road. I didn't get off the road with Muscadine, but I stopped being their merch guy because I was like, got a pub deal. And I was like, hey, I'd like to move forward. And they're my best friends. They're like, yeah, dude, go do that. You suck as a merch guy anyways, which I did. I was awful at selling t-shirts. And he, they would, like, I literally went to do that. And they're like, yeah, dude, you still got, you know, first to three or direct support, whatever was going on. And it was a four-month tour. And it was like, hey, just do... Uh, acoustic whatever and so I was like okay so I'm by myself I'm not gonna buy a hotel every night that's a hundred bucks you know 80 to 120 dollars and it's like can't afford that um especially if you're only making a couple hundred bucks for a show right and then you got gas you got all the stuff especially you're driving 10 hours to freaking you know New York or you know down to Tampa or whatever you know it's like you gotta you gotta kind of figure out how to do it and so I was like okay well I'm gonna buy a cap like a like a cap for the bed of, bed of my tundra right you know like those ones it's just like a like a capper for the back and i was like i was i was literally out there i had two toolbox in the back because my truck used to be a construction truck and so i was taking them off and i was measuring just to see exactly what size i needed and my neighbor drove by he goes what you doing and i told him what i was doing and he goes don't buy a camper he goes my neighbor has a uh truck bed camper or he goes my son has a truck bed camper and i was like oh for real and so I went over to his place and I saw it and I was like, I have to have, it. I have to have that thing. I was like, I'm going to buy that thing. And the camper, the camper top I was going to get, which was literally just the shell. I was literally like, it was 500 bucks. 
And I was like, I'll give you $500 right now for that thing. And the guy was like, man, I don't know. I'm like, one of the guys I work with, he's whatever, you know, he, I'm selling it to him. He wants it. And then, like, I kept saying, I was like, dude, I have to have it. My tour is, like, starting in, like, three weeks. I have to have <laughs> this thing. I said, I'll give you $500 right this second. Anyways, a couple weeks go by, and I walk in, and I was like, he was like, hey, yeah, I'll sell it to you. I was like, here's 500 bucks. He goes, 350 I was like, sweet, okay. <laughs> so I got it, and I freaking put it on the back of the truck, pressure washed it, didn't look back. I saved so much money. And I, I'll be honest, it did kind of bite me in the butt a couple times because one time I got sick because it was we were in, like, Connecticut or something, and it was huh. snowing. And I didn't realize there was a leak in the roof. Oh, God. And literally, it was just like, it, I couldn't pop the top. Like, it, you're supposed to be able to get it to where you could stand. I could stand up if I could open the top, but I broke the latch. <laughs> Anyways, so I'm just in there, and I would just get in, and I would just, like, crawl into, like, these covers, and I would sleep <laughs> on this little, like, mat that was, like, over what was supposed to be, like, a table. And so I was literally sleeping like this, just, like, flat on my back. <laughs> And I'm covered head to toe. I got my Carhartt jacket. I got a jacket on underneath that. I got my jeans. I got freaking like long johns on. I'm doing the whole nine. Got my boots on. I get in and I don't even realize that the blanket that I'm in is wet. Like it's soaking wet. Oh, God. Because I'm covered from head to toe. It was pitch black. I crawled in. I got in there and I woke up two hours later, colder than I've ever been in my whole life. Soaked to the bone. <laughs> get out, get in the cab of the truck, turn on the heat, sleep for a few hours get up we go to freaking knoxville where are we playing coyote joe's and my voice i couldn't even talk gone oh. completely gone so that one definitely kind of backfired and the funny thing was that night charlie and i and zoltan went and got some food at like waffle house and that night charlie was like yo we got to pull out couch just crash in the hotel <laughs> it's like literally like 17 degrees outside just crash in the hotel and i was like nah dude i'm not gonna do it it's principle. I was like, I bought this thing. I'm sleeping this thing. He's like, for real? You're going to freeze to death out here. And I was like, I got it. It's all good. That's I should have so definitely bad. slept on the couch. Listen, man, I went to school in Connecticut. That's where I went to college. I can tell you those yeah. England wet winters are brutal. They're so it was awful. Yeah, it was awful. And there's probably no, no heat yeah. in that thing either. So all my Connecticut friends, listen. No, dude. Like, are you kidding? Zero heat, bro. It was brutal. <laughs> all my Connecticut friends listen to this. This man slept in like a tin box if you don't know what i'm talking about i might put a picture of it on my uh podcast instagram just so people know but it's basically in box and he sleeps in it and it's freezing that's unbelievable that's that's brutal man that's i wouldn't trade it for anything honestly that's the story and then i did actually i did trade it i traded it to chad bishop for 15 pounds of elk meat Talk about a trade-off. Talk about a trade-off. Yeah. How many miles you put on that so, truck? Yeah, dude, that was a great like time. That? How many miles you put on that truck when you're going up and down like that? To that places? Tundra right now has 210,000 miles on it. It's a 2013 and 210,000 miles. It's a 2013? Mm-hmm. That's it? Oh, my God. Man, I, I, yeah. I drive a 2006 and I have 137, 38 miles or something like that. That's crazy. Yeah, bro. And I'm, I, I, I mean, that's a testament to Toyotas. That's true. That's true. I'll hop on that bandwagon with you. I agree. That's, that's, uh, that's ridiculous. Oh my God. <laughs> um, so, yeah. so, oh, no. but it's still, it's still kicking. Hey, that's all that matters. As long as it's kicking, that's all that matters. Um, so I want to uh, touch on your uh, 
So I notice all well, like I follow you on social media and stuff like that, and um, you post a lot of covers, just you know, I guess fun stuff, right? And you post a lot of covers of like non-country songs, which I love because I think that's cool that you're you know you're very you know well-rounded. Do you think that that yeah. that helps out your 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 songwriting when you go into like different songs? You know, having a more variety of of, of music background, I guess you could say. Yeah, man, I think. Um, a big part of that was kind of just revisiting what I grew up on. And that was everything, just like yeah. most people, you know what yeah. I mean? Most people grew up on everything. Most people listen to, you know, even before like streaming and stuff, like when I was growing up, listen to, you know, gospel, we listened to country radio, we listened to like the rock stations, we listened to, you know, hip hop, we listened to pop, we listened to anything that didn't have commercials, you know what I mean? And so like, yeah. that's all we listened to. And you just hear all this great music, you know what I mean? And so, and like the oldies and stuff like that. So it's like, you kind of have this really wide kind of just breath of like musical taste. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, when I first got to town, I, I, I realized at a point I was like so obsessed with learning how to songwrite because it's like, it's its own language. You know, you got to learn how to do the thing. And I'm not saying I have it figured out, but like when you're doing it, you can get so caught up in the, hey, I write commercial country songs that you stop consuming music like you do. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like you just kind of tunnel vision and then you just like forget about the rest of it. And it's like, I think when I first was like, yo, I listen to way more music than this. I love this. I write this. This is my career. But it's like, why wouldn't I consume music like I always have? Why wouldn't I listen to like a freaking new J. Cole record. Why wouldn't I listen to Post Malone? Why wouldn't I listen to, you know, Bluegrass? Why wouldn't I listen to a freaking Leonard Skinner album? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, then I started reintroducing that back into how I spent my time. And it just like, re it fired me up. Like I, it fired up that passion again to where I was like, dude, I love these songs. I'm going to sing these songs. And if I sing it, it's probably going to sound country anyway. So it's like, why not? You know? Yeah. I mean, listen, there, there are songs where I'll, where I'll, and, especially and i'm taking this example like i'm the example i'm about to pull out right now is is right from one of your videos like you played uh what was it? it was circles right by postpone you put it on your twitter yeah i watch that and i go man like i wish he would release this or like i'll watch because like yeah it, it doesn't matter like people who are in other genres of music they all it's not just us that listen to everything like like people in other yeah. genres of music do the same thing. So like different views on different, yeah. different takes on different songs. That's awesome. And there are like, there's so many times where like you watch a cover, I think, or, you know, a cover of anything. And you're just like, man, I wish this person would release this cover, even if it's not even close to their genre. Like CMT Crossroads on, on like, you know, on like their YouTube channel does that all the time with different artists. And you always watch it, or at least I always watch it. And I go, man, like, I wish this would be released. It's just because I think... I don't know. It's like a different take on a, on, a, on a song that you already enjoy. Yeah, man. And I think consumers too, it's like a lot of times when you're, and, and it's important to create your brand. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of times as an artist, and I'm still, like I said, I'm preaching the choir. I think it's easy to kind of sit there and go, well, they wouldn't want to hear that because I do this. Yeah. But it's like, the reality is the way people consume music now is instantly you can listen to every single type of music and people do. Like, yeah. that's just how they listen to music. It's not like, nope, I don't listen to that. It's like 90% of people, especially in our age group, they listen to everything. So yeah. it's like, if you throw somebody a hip hop song, and then you throw somebody an Alan Jackson song, 
they're going to be stoked either way. So I think as an artist, it kind of, and that kind of, even you saying that is encouraging to me because it's like, I love doing that. And I love writing all different types of music too. So it's like, it kind of fuels that creativity to be like, well, dang, if people are going to just listen to it, you know, and nobody's going to be like, hey, you shouldn't do that. It's like, nobody's going to do that. No one's going to say that. No one is. I mean, if you're doing music, music at the end of the day. So you're not going to lie. There's no way that someone listens to, to every sort of music and likes everything, but you're going to have those people that like it. So it doesn't matter what you're yeah. about. And as long as you're true to yourself and you're putting out what you think is high quality, you know, what you want to do as your, as your brand, as, as yourself, then you really can't go wrong. I mean, there are going to be people. Like, oh, hey, dude, I this agree. This world is full of that. But like, you know, just do what you want to do at the end of the day, honestly. Yeah, man. I think that was part of why, you know, you get into this thing anyway. So it's like, it's, it's now is not the time to start making yeah. like really conservative decisions of, hey, I'm not going to really change the way I do things. It's like, well, why not? Yeah. Branch you know? out. You dropped out of school and moved to Nashville. Why wouldn't you <laughs> put out whatever? Why wouldn't you do a, a post? First of all, but that song circles, like I remember when that first came out, I was like, that is a perfect pop song. I heard that and I was like, bro, that song is so good. And I still think that it's like one of the best songs he's ever put out. Oh yeah. Oh, that song's so good. Anybody can do it. Anybody. Like I've even kind of brainstormed doing like a video, like a full on video of that thing. You could do that with like a pedal steel upright bass, do that traditional country style. And that song would be fire, dude. You know, you know why that's so true though? It's cause if you look at post and you look at like his background, like he has a big country background. Like he, he, yeah. grew, up, he grew up listening to country music. So, you know, if you listen closely, to some certain certain songs that he has like you can hear it so oh yeah so like it's awesome dude i think he's one of the best as far as like pop is is concerned he really is like he changed the game i uh i think he could get away with anything as far as genre is concerned i think post could put a country song out tomorrow and people will listen to it 100 percent. the biggest thing that ever freaking touched the earth dude. oh yeah 100 percent. and if one he does those. it post if you want bro i'll sing with you bud <laughs> shameless plug right here no no shame just yeah, drop yeah, it right yeah. now <laughs> so yeah. do you think like I'm, I'm gonna so there's this one song that i've been listening to and and when i when i have an artist that I know I'm going to talk to nine times out of 10, I already listened to their music, but like, yeah. I, I just like kind of started listening to their music just to get my like gears turning of like what we're going to talk about. Sure. So I've been, um, recently, I don't, I, I, I listen to the song in the shower a lot comes on in my car a lot. And, and, and the, the purpose is because I can sing and no one will judge me. So I just do it in there. And I think it's really, yeah. I, it's a beautifully written song, but it uh, hurts like heaven. Right. So that was, yeah. How long ago did you write that song? That's been a little bit, right? Oh, man. That song is probably two years old. Yeah. One, it's an, an incredibly, it, it's very, you know, it's a powerful song as it is, because obviously you listen to what it's about. Um, but if you really sit there and listen to it, you know, sometimes it's just like, wow, like they, they don't, people don't release songs like that. In my opinion, song, songs like that don't come out as much anymore. And I think that's like a pretty, it's a testament to like in your songwriting ability how you know you could put an idea down and that can just come out and it's one it's it's, it's awesome like it's a great song um it's obviously a sad song Thanks, but uh that one right now is my um i don't know if you go through like this but there, there i go through phases when i listen to like jams and like summer jams and things like that and then i go through phases where i listen to like slow 
sad songs and that's kind of the phase i'm in right now don't ask me why i mean i'm not like a no dude guy, but it does the same thing as a writer you go through phases of like dude i've been writing pops literal pop songs like hip-hop song i wrote a hip-hop song the other day because i'm just like i love like we'll go through all sorts of phases um and i'll go through a sad like traditional freaking jamie johnson country song phase where i'm just yeah. sitting there i'm like hey we're writing country today you know? <laughs> uh but that song was something that had to be written. So I didn't start writing. The first time I ever wrote it was 19. My dad died when I was 11. And I didn't really start dealing with that. And, and I think a lot of people do this, whether it's like a divorce or a death or whatever, you, they, you kind of avoid that whole thing. And you don't really grieve. And I just, I thought I did, but I realized I hadn't. I just kind of like breezed past it. And I was like, we're, I mean, we're, we're, we're living normal. It's no big deal. I mean, that's a big deal. And you got to kind of deal with it. You know, anytime you have a big thing like that happen. It's that one basically, um, I wrote that, that one so, so long ago about my dad. And then um, Kelsey Kulik, who is this incredible artist uh, and songwriter. Um, and she's just got this beautiful voice. Like she's yeah. just unbelievable. And I'd known her for years through like the revival and like Rob Snyder and those guys. And we'd always talked about writing. We never did. And we finally got in the room and she had cancer uh, and she survived. And we just kind of were sitting there talking about stuff in our lives. And I talked about my dad and she was like, yeah, we got this, you know, when you're a, a cancer patient, you make these relationships with all these other patients. But the hard thing is, that some of most of them don't make yeah and she was like there was this person that became like my soulmate like my best friend through treatment and she's like i made it and he didn't wow. and so we were just kind of talking about that kind of just like loss in life and stuff like that and i had this hook in my i think i don't know anyways we got the hook out and it was because you know if something hurts like hell you know it's like yeah, yeah. But it was like hurts like heaven and man that song just fell out that was a gift from god it literally just fell out in like two hours it was nothing and it was like when we got done with that it was like we knew a hundred percent that it had to come out like yeah. there was no question about it like and i i turned it in at seagull and they're like all right well let's put this out like now so like that was like we we wrote it and it was like such a big deal and that and the and the art photo like the photo of the artwork is like my my dad playing guitar yeah. next to his sister and stuff like that like it was just like really cool to get to do that and just get to share it you know see the, the, to me that that's one of those songs that's 100 percent meant to be because like you just said it, it you know it fell out and, and um yeah, oh yeah like at this point like at that if you go through something like that like people people go through things all the time you know when i was uh when i when i was 16 right when i was you know, 16 ish got diagnosed with diabetes right that sucks that's not fun and yeah. Like music is a therapeutic thing. Like it helps you figure things out. And that's about the time I started listening to country music. And that's about, and like, you know, you, you figure things out and, and, and music helps you. It puts you in different moods. You find a song that you really like that you, um, that maybe like brings you up. But at the same time, you like one of those, you like a sad song that helps you get your feelings out. And like, that's, a, that, that's, a, that's important. And I didn't even know the story with her. And I know she's the one in the video with you, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it was cool even, because it means the same thing for both of us, yeah. And I didn't even know that, like, unless, unless I'm not talking right now, I wouldn't have known that that was her story. And that even brings it to a whole other meaning because it's not just coming from one side, it's coming from two sides. And, and uh, you can tell, you can really tell in the song. You really can. And it's, it's a beautiful song. Yeah, it was so real, man. 
Yeah. It was so real, dude. And that, and the thing is too, it's like, that's when it reminds you to, it's like when people listen to it, because everybody has gone through just tragedy. Yeah. You're, it's, it, you're so, the, the, the one thing about tragedy is anytime you go through it, you just, you know that you're not the only person going through it. Every single person you meet has been through tragedy. So it's like, if you can share that and people can relate, that's huge, man. Cause yeah. I mean, regardless of what the tragedy is, whether it's an awful car wreck or it's whatever, I mean, it's like every bit of it is the, is the same kind of emotion and that same kind of like just hurt, you know? And so yeah. if, if you can share that with people and I'm just thankful we wrote the song and man, it's, 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 awesome. it's awesome. It's a gift from God. So man, I'm glad that, that you can relate to that, dude. Yeah, it's a, it is beautiful. It really is. Uh, I just think, I think songwriting is a powerful thing. And that, that's, that's part of the reason why I started doing this. And that's part of the reason why I said like, um, what are my favorite parts about music? What are, especially country music, but what are my favorite parts about music? And then I got down to the nitty gritty and you, you know, you have those, those music, those country music haters, right. As, as we say that, that for some reason just don't get into it until you show them a song that changes their mind. And I think when I looked into it and I realized what my favorite part about country music was, is that you, it hits you from all different ends of the spectrum. You can have that party song that's, you know, about drinking beer and doing whatever you want. And then you can have that deep, you know, wordy, like this is telling a story from top to bottom, but either way, both sides of the spectrum, you're telling a story from, from the bottom to top, top to bottom, bottom to top. It's, you know, yeah. it's a story the whole way. And that's, that, that's, that, that's my yeah. favorite part. And that, that's the most important part for me. Um, that's why this whole thing starts, yeah. you know, I agree with you, man. I, I love, I love songwriting, dude. The more I do it, the more I love it. Yeah. Because you kind of realize how, how, how important it is and like how, how cool it is to be a part of something that seems like it's been there before, you know, yeah. that's the weird thing. Cause it's like when you're writing a song, it's uncharted territory and it's like, this is a new thing. But if you can create something that's so, I mean, obviously you write all sorts of stuff, but it's like some of those special ones are, are ones that are so welcomed by somebody that listens to it. It's like, it's like they've heard it before, but they've never heard it before, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, that's what I'm pursuing to like communicate on that level. Yeah. You know, I just want, I want people to hear it and feel like that's, that's me. Dude. That's yeah. me. This guy, that, that's me. Like that's the, that's the pursuit so that yeah. people hear it and they feel understood. That's awesome. That is awesome. This is, this will probably be the last thing we touch on just end on a higher note here. Cause we got into a pretty deep conversation, but uh, so whiskey jam, right? You hosted risky jam. One episode of risky jam about, I don't know. was it like a month ago or something like that. Yeah. 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 Risky jam kept me absolutely sane through this entire thing. I've never been yeah. to a whiskey jam. Unfortunately, I live in Jersey. I've been in Nashville a handful of times, but I've never gotten to a whiskey jam. Risky jam kept me sane. And I have to say that that one, I think, in my opinion, that was the, that lineup that night was the best one that I've ever had. In my opinion, Jeff, that's yeah. personal. That's the best one that's ever had. That's ever come. Yeah, and, it was a good. It was a really great lineup. Yeah, and that that, that was fun for me because I because you know sometimes you go in. I, I I typically watch all of them, but you know, it's not, like I don't always sit there the entire what hour, two hours or so. For that one, I sat there the whole time because mm. I was like, I want to listen to all these guys. But I commend you, I really do, because hosting that seems so stressful because of, you know, internet and things like that. It just seems trying to get people in, everyone's different connections, everyone's at different spots. It just seems so stressful. And I had this whole conversation, I talked to, um, a couple episodes ago, I talked to uh, Adam Sanders and he hosted the, uh, the Joe Diffie tribute for Risky Jam. And 
I was talking to him about it and I was like, man, like one to be the guy that everyone's like, you know, hundreds of people are sitting there like, okay, he's got to make sure that he does this and that and the other thing and, and talks the whole time and leads the conversation. That's so stressful. So one, what was that experience like for you Two, Congratulations on doing that. Cause I would have just been like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, dude. Uh, dude, it was great. Dude, Ward back with dude, Ward and I go way back. Yeah. And the fact that he let me do that was such a huge thing and huge testament to him because it was for promoing me on. So it was like, literally, I was like, hey, man, can I host this thing? And he was like, yeah. And so I just called all my friends uh, and a, a lot of just good friends, like to where it was like, I got down the list and everybody, I, I didn't expect everybody to say yes. And like, yeah, I was, was just asking people list. and they all said yes. And then it was like this list that was just like, jam-packed with these like heavy hitters and there was so many of them to where ward was literally like man you don't have enough time for them all to play three songs or two songs and that I was, was the like, most hey, guys, of any episode know one song that it was, was the most hands down, hands down bro hands down it was down. ridiculous and they all were just like well the thing is they were just it's a testament to having like just really good friends because they were all there they all you know did what they were you know they said they were gonna do just showed up and do what they do just play really great songs so man i uh it was it was a lot more fun than it was stressful the okay. one thing that was difficult was the sitting for two hours yeah that <laughs> is what like i was stoked because i was so into it i was so into like everybody that played and then like once the two hours was up and i kind of straightened up and i like got up out of the seat i was like dang Ward did, did that like twice a week for freaking, yeah. you know, months. But I mean, dude, it's part of it. And dude, it was honestly such a big honor that you can't, I don't know, I, I couldn't see a way to not just enjoy that. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it's like Whiskey Jam, dude. That's how we all came up. That's, I mean, the revival in Whiskey Jam was literally what started all these artists. Yeah. So it's like, it was, it was a, a real full circle moment. And so, dude, I was just thankful to get to do it and i just had a blast so uh, that's so yeah. awesome i'd do it in a heartbeat i do it again in a heartbeat that's so awesome plus like i mean you're you're a funny dude like that that like i was cracking up like i was like man he's he's really having a good time like he's he's joking around yeah. with these guys like he's saying whatever the hell he wants he just doesn't care like it was <laughs> fun it was funny and you could tell that you're all friends you could tell it wasn't like the first time you're meeting someone like i i knew when you were talking yeah. to anyone like it was like how are you like, I mean, granted, you know, as songwriters, I feel like you all, you know, know each other in some sort of aspect. But I was like, yeah. man, he really looks like he's, one, he's having a fun time. Two, he, he just looks like he's hanging out with his friends on, like, FaceTime or something. But just, like, hundreds of people are watching. <laughs> yeah, dude, it was a blast, man. Like, it was, like, one one of the highlights of, of this whole, like, quarantine thing and, like, the whole, like, FaceTime stuff. It's like, that was definitely one of the highlights to get to do that. And the way it turned out was just so good. And everybody, it was just so much fun, man. So... Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you watched it. Oh, yeah, of course. I have to. I mean, I, I can't pass things up like that. I, I, you know, music's music to me, so I got to sit there and watch that stuff. I feel really crappy about it, though, because I had no clue. Like, the, so the last episode, Ward sang. Like, he sang some of his songs. Which, great. And I didn't know that he could sing. I really didn't. <laughs> like, so I had good, no dude. clue. So when, when it said his name on there, I was like, no way. He gets up there. I watched the last part of it that night and I was like he starts opening his mouth and I was like oh my god I was like his voice is incredible yeah. too why doesn't he release some of these songs because I want them like I want to listen to him so I was like man it's he's crazy. great I man. had no clue and he's a great songwriter too man he's he's uh 
he's got a lot going on for him and especially you know he's got this empire with whiskey jam and then he's yeah. got just the fact that he's a great songwriter and a great singer man it's it's just cool to see the stuff kind of going on with him too because when I, I remember when I first met him, he was still bartending at Tin Roof. Mm-hmm. And like, since then, obviously, you know, he's got all this stuff going on and he's just like really diving back into writing. And he's like, I don't know, man, that's one of the cool things too, is to see how your friends kind of de- like, I say develop, like, like I'm somewhere ahead. Like, obviously he's got so much more going on me, but like, I see like just, what he's done somebody that i just really personally like as a person it's like you get to see that kind of stuff so yeah dude he's a he's a freak man he's great he's and you get to see i feel like the, the cool thing is like he's your friend but then you also get to see you know what he's doing and you know how he's building himself up so like not saying that that i mean you're you're doing pretty well if, if you if you're coming from the outsider in for me you're doing pretty well but i mean you can see and you should go yeah. like, you know this is what i like i think like, it's inspiring like i know that i i can do this so you know it, it's it's cool it's and it's yeah cool you're all friends like that you know what i mean um, yeah dude it, it's it's great to have the community that we have dude it's it's a blessing for sure it, it's like it's like a networking thing i feel like that's it's like that you know whenever you're like looking for a job or something or let's say like you get an internship and like i'm networking with people or like me doing this like technically me talking to you right now is networking and like you talking to you getting with other artists and people coming and talking to you and different songwriters like hanging out with you that's all networking so that that's you know how this whole thing starts and i think it's awesome i do yeah man so uh jordan thank you so much for uh sitting down with me today we actually talked for a little bit longer than i expected but it was a great talk i that's that you know i love it and um you're a great guy i i think uh, i wish you all the best uh new music anything that uh that comes out i know it's gonna do fantastic uh your new song is great you can catch all of jordan's uh music anywhere you listen to music apple music spotify youtube music wherever you listen to music you can find it there itunes anything his new song neon is out now it's fantastic go listen to it please you will not regret it. As always, this is another episode of Remember Country Music. Remember to rate, subscribe, and if you love the episode, give us five stars. Why not? And you can also follow us on Instagram at RCM underscore podcast. As always, this is Remember Country Music. I'm Kyle Corbus, that's Jordan Fletcher, and uh, I'll see you next time.